And welcome into the Next State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy and Danny Small. And it's going to be probably something we're going to hear about for the next several months here is, is the Knicks coaching search. As we know now that we probably won't see the Knicks play another basketball game until closer to December. So they have a lot of time uh, to kind of figure out what they're going to do, the direction that they're going to go with their head coach. We've been talking about some of the moves they've made in the front offices. Uh, decisions that, you know, Leon Rose and, and the guys that he's brought in, but we all kind of agree that all that is great. We love what he's doing so far, but the head coach is important to get the right guy. And, you know, there has been so many names the last couple of weeks of different people who are mentioned to be interviewed for the head coaching job. So what we're going to do here today, uh, Chip and Danny really came prepared. They have a list of their top 11 coaches and we'll kind of discuss that and, and see, you know, where you guys rank each one. I don't know 11 coaches. I looked at some of the names thinking I don't even know who that is. So I'm not qualified really to go into a lot of uh, the different names here. I'm going to defer that to you guys. Now, the names I do know, of course, I'll be able to add my insights on it. But let's go ahead and let's start uh, starting from number 11. So we're going to do our top 11 coaches that have been mentioned that are going to be interviewed for the head coaching job. So we'll start with you, Chip. Who is number 11 on your list? For number 11, I put Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, Maybe okay. I, I can comment little, on this one. Yeah, I just don't want him. I just don't want him anywhere <laughs> near. I don't want the, the notion that we're hiring him because we want Giannis. Yeah. That's not why they'd be hiring him. Leon Rose isn't stupid. He knows that. It's unlikely. But – uh. I mean, I, you already saw it. Today, Christian Winfield wrote a piece for the Daily News, like, dear Knicks, you're not getting Giannis. Like, dude, it's an interview. Come on. <laughs> that, that, that hasn't even happened yet. Come on. They're not saying they're getting Giannis. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's a serious candidate anyway. Uh, I, it's an 11th hour interview. You know, it's part of a broad coaching search. If he was a serious candidate, he'd be – he would have been – he's a big name, so he would have been one of the first candidates brought in. And uh, we saw them interview a lot of candidates before. But, uh, no, he did a lousy job in Milwaukee, and I think the job he did in Brooklyn was overrated, to be honest. And, you know, he's feuded with management in both stops he's been in. So I don't know why Leon Rose would really want him in the first place as a first-time executive. But I don't think he's a serious candidate anyway. I just put him at 11 because I don't want him anywhere near my young team. Yeah, you know, and with Jason Kidd, you know, obviously we had that magical 2013 season that he was our point guard and, you know, things worked there. But, you know, I, I like the fact that after the failures that Jason Kidd had as a head coach that he didn't move away from it. You know, he took an assistant coaching job and, and can learn from other coaches and develop uh, through that way. But this whole narrative of he knows Giannis, he can help Giannis come to the Knicks, I, I'm just so tired of those stupid rumors that just make no damn sense. It's like anybody that knows Giannis is going to be hired 
because, you know, it's like I gave Giannis a pencil in the third grade and they will hire me because I gave him a pencil one time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just stupid crap like that. That's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think Jason Kidd's a serious, you know, candidate for this coaching job. I understand the interest and, and, and you know, might give him an interview here. But I, I would not expect to see uh, Jason Kidd as the head coach. Danny, who is number 11 on your list? Well, I'll just say that Jason Kidd is number 10 for me. I'll, okay. I'll give that away. Um, he's not 11. And it's actually – I agree with you guys completely on the, the whole Giannis thing is nonsense. He's not coming to the Knicks because they hired Jason Kidd. But the small and tiny, tiny, tiny chance that it does matter gives Jason Kidd, to me, a little bit of a bump over Mike Brown, who – I don't know. Mike Brown is a good coach. I know he's had success as an assistant with Golden State. He took the Cavs to the finals. But Mike Brown just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I think looking back at how he crashed and burned so badly with the Lakers, I could see something similar happening in New York. I mean, you know, I think Boston, New York, and Lakers are like kind of three similar markets like that. I think him crashing and burning so badly in L.A., with the Kobe, Dwight, Steve Nash teams, which I know those guys were all getting up there. Um, well, at least Kobe and Nash. I know they, those guys are getting up there, and it wasn't exactly all Mike Brown's fault. But for me, Mike Brown just doesn't really do anything. Um, I think if, you're, if you want a guy with an experience, you know, a guy who's been around for a while, has gone deep into the playoffs, I think there's better guys on this list than Mike Brown. So for me – He's way at the bottom for me. Mike Brown is yeah. doesn't doesn't move the needle for me. You know, and, and again, I can understand the interest in Mike Brown mm-hmm. because he's he's an assistant coach on a, a successful organization, Golden State, the last several years. I know this year they kind of tanked, but whatever with the injuries and all that. But they've been in the finals four or five straight years, whatever it was. So you understand the interest there. But you know, I, and I like Mike Brown, but it, it, you know, it, it was LeBron that kind of gave him a name. Uh, and that's really what it is. He's not a serious candidate as well. So, Danny, we know number 10 on your list is Jason Kidd, so we're going to jump to you, Chip. Who is number 10 on your list? Uh, Mike Brown's number 10 for pretty <laughs> much the okay. same okay. <laughs> for pretty yeah. much the same reasons that Danny just said. I just – I put him slightly ahead of Jason Kidd just because I really don't want – it's a personal thing. I just yeah, really no, don't want fair. Jason Kidd. Yeah, I, I – there's I nothing inspiring yeah. – yeah, there's nothing inspiring about Mike Brown or anything. I don't want Mike Brown. I just don't want – I want Jason Kidd less. So, I, I don't want to go too deep into Mike Brown. Danny already hit all the points of why he shouldn't be the coach. So, uh, I think he's a great assistant. I'll say that. I, mm-hmm. I'd like to have him as an assistant if he was going to come on, but I don't think he's going to leave. So, yeah. uh, I understand why they're bringing him in, though. I understand why he's coming on. Yeah, I think uh, so, right, so, so far – yeah, so far we're we're in pretty much lockstep. Just, I think we're like slightly, just slightly disagree on one thing, but that's pretty much where. Uh, <clears throat> so far, we're on the same page. I think. Uh, Danny, I'm going to start with you now with number nine on your list. Who you got? Number nine, and this one we might I might be going off the rails, but number nine I have Mike Woodson. Um, obviously was probably the best coach the Knicks have had in the last 20 years. You know, he had that playoff run, uh, you know, he, he, and 
the with the thing with Mike Woodson for me is he he they shot a lot of threes. They were great. They they were good defensively. There's a lot of good stuff to like about Woodson, but I feel like a retread and trying to kind of grasp that 2013 run again and trying to to have that as a as a like I don't know trying to recreate that magic. I just don't see it happening. I think again like kind of what I was saying with Mike Brown. If you want an experienced coach who's coached in the playoffs, has been around the league, there are better guys on this list than Mike Woodson. Uh, maybe I'm putting them a little bit too low, considering there's a lot of unproven assistance on this list. But for me, um, I'm kind of over the idea of like a retread hire, trying to recreate that magic with Woodson. I don't know. Just for me. You know, Woodson – and again, I'm going to be curious to hear who you guys have moving down your. I'm a big Woodson guy. Um, I was. I'm in that you know category that says he should have never been fired in the first place years back. I don't know if right now is you know. I don't know if he's going to be a guy right now that can come in and be the right guy for the Knicks. I just think years back should have never been fired. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about Mike Woodson. But uh, who do you have on number nine? Yeah, I thought you were going to disagree with me here, but I actually have Woodson here too. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, no, I put him I, at I, nine. Yeah. I thought I was going to be too low on him, but okay. No, no. I For the same reasons, I think why look back? Like, as much right. as I agree with Matt that uh, he shouldn't have been fired and Phil Jackson, one of his biggest mistakes, maybe his biggest mistake was not bringing Mike Woodson back and just saying, I'm going to hire my guy, Derek Fisher. Uh, I think bringing on someone else, I think looking back saying it's a very Nick's move to uh, bring back an old friend in Mike Woodson, who's the familiar face, who someone the fans know, someone the organization knows. I don't think it's the right move. I I think bringing in like a, a young assistant would be better. I, I don't, not that Mike Woodson is out of touch with today's game because he's a part of a very successful team, but I, I just think why look back? It's a he, yeah, he, he coached the, the best Knicks team of the last however 15, 20 years, whatever you want to say. But yeah, I there's no one, there's no Carmelo Anthony on this team. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't know how Mike Woodson uh, is at, I know we've, we say developing players now, like it's uh, uh, the buzzword of the fucking century mm-hmm. we, as Knicks fans. We always mention that, but. I honestly don't know how he would be at developing players because we've never witnessed him having to do that, I guess, when he was with the Knicks. He he had a ready-made team of Carmelo Anthony, J.R. Smith, and Tyson Chandler. So I really don't know how he would be able to do that. But, yeah, I just – I feel the same way as Danny. I think why look back and just move on, hire someone new. Just You're already moving on, new voices in the front office with Rose and Aller and Perrin and – I do the same thing with the coach. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys on that. As much as I love Woodson, and I hope that he gets another chance to be a head coach somewhere, because I think he's a terrific coach. I think, you know, his resume kind of speaks for himself. He it was a guy that seemed to always kind of improve his record each and every year. But I just don't know, again, if it's the right time to bring him back and, and if that would make the Knicks uh, successful in the situation. Chip, starting back with you now, who is number eight on your list? Number eight, I had Chris Fleming. Not necessarily because I I dislike him or anything. I just – I don't know too much about him. 
And of all the like lesser known assistants, he he was like the least impressive candidate to me. You know, a lot of the like the Yudokas, uh, Jamal Mosley was more impressive. He just he didn't maybe I maybe Danny's gonna disagree with me. He just didn't stand out as much as the other guys did to me. You know, he was uh with the Bulls this year and then he was assistant with Atkinson then he was assistant with the Nuggets before that but yeah I I don't know I just the least just I don't want to say least interesting but just uh yeah I I guess he was in the German league right he played in the German league that was his thing I played and coached I think he yeah experienced coaching the Germans men national team yeah that's what I was thinking of but yeah, of all the assistant coaches, I just – of all these assistant coaches who won't get the job, inevitably, he was the guy who I was lowest on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little different here. I have Will Hardy, um, and I know he's a really? young – Yeah, I know he's like a young up-and-coming coach, but he's 32. I mean, that, I, that's young and almost to me too young to take over a team like the Knicks. I mean, it's big. It's a, I, I don't want to overplay, you know, myself or whatever, like the New York media, but like, I think having your first coaching job as a 32 year old be the New York Knicks in the middle of, you know, the big media market with, you know, big rebuild, you got the new president. I think there's just too much for me. There's too much going on to bring in a guy like that who, you know, like a quote unquote, like wonderkind or something like that. To me, I think he'd be better off just kind of sticking where he is in San Antonio, uh, you know, learning a few more years under pop. Cause he, I mean, I think this goes for a lot of these guys, these, these assistants we're going to talk about their time as a head coach is coming sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't love the idea of bringing in somebody that young to a team like this I don't know maybe maybe I'm missing the mark on it but I just I think it's it's a little uh a little bit too big of a job maybe for for someone who's got that inexperience and I know that sounds kind of harsh on Hardy but I think he's going to be a great coach one day I mean everything anyone says about him is you know he's he's really really up and comer type um but for me I'd I'd stay away from that I I think you know, Nick fans in, in general, and I, I mean, could be wrong on this, but somebody doesn't have the experience. I think if the Knicks went in that kind of direction, would frighten the heck out of. I mean, let's be honest. No matter who they hire, somebody's going to have a damn problem with the decision mm-hmm. anyway. But I'm just saying more so with somebody that does not have uh, the experience. But at number seven, Danny, we'll start with your list. Who do you have? Um, actually that's where I have Fleming. So not too, uh, not too far off from, from chip kind of the same things he was saying. Um, you know, not, not a guy, you know, I mean, he's coming from the bulls working under Boylan. Obviously he's, you know, he, he works for Atkinson in Brooklyn. So he's got, you know, he's got some experience being around the league and stuff like that, but kind of like chip said, you know, like he's not exactly the most, interesting candidate and I, I that does sound kind of harsh when you say it but it just he, to me he doesn't he doesn't move the needle a whole lot um you know I'm sure he's one of these days he's gonna he's gonna have a, a head coaching gig somewhere seems like a lot of these guys on this list are motivated to do that uh I just think this is a tough a tough gig to put a guy like 
guy like Fleming in that position. So I'm I'm pretty much in in the same agreement with Chip there. Just the age thing for me um, was a big thing for keeping Hardy down below. And now, Chip, we jump to you. Who do you have on number seven? Number seven, I put Pat Delaney here. Uh, I like his uh, background. I like that he was like an intern with the Heat, and he was like a video guy. You know, the whole story with uh, him coaching in the G League, very Nick Nurse feeling to it, I guess, and all that. But, uh, yeah, and he's a Steve Clifford guy, which is, I guess, extends, makes him semi a Jeff Van Gundy guy or something like that. So there's, yeah, yeah, the extended tree. There's a lot to like about him, but, and like uh, Danny was talking about with Will Hardy, uh, his time is probably coming, but uh, I didn't put him higher because, you know, he's a guy who's, uh, you've heard his name before, but uh, I think it's probably still going to be a while before he's uh, there. Like, uh, I think, I, I don't know. He just, there wasn't it's kind of like Fleming for me like he didn't really jump off the page nothing that was I read about him really was inspiring I guess again that sounds harsh I'm not Mm -hmm. there's a lot of these like lesser known assistants there's not a lot to go off of right yeah it's it can be it can be tough to to try and like you know Hardy Fleming Delaney can be tough to try and like figure out where those guys should slot in here because I think we're in, in pretty much agreement that they're all probably really good coaches. We just don't know a ton about yeah. them. Um, and they're not, you know, high profile guys that have had, you know, these stories and stuff written about them where, you know, you learn more and more. Um, Cause I guess just jumping ahead, I have, I have Delaney at six. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, you know, you have him at seven, I have him at six Delaney. I gave him, you know, just a slight bump just for, you know, the heat thing and everything like that. But I don't think he's a realistic candidate because I don't think the Knicks are going to be trying to dip into the heat well once again after, you know, the disaster that the David Fisdell tenure was. So, I mean, I know it's a new regime. Leon Rose, you know, is his own man. But I think if dipping back into the heat, the heat culture for the next head coach would seem like something they won't do. I actually put Hardy at six. Uh, maybe I read too much into Bagley saying that uh, some in the coaching community see Hardy as uh, the most likely internal candidate to replace Popovich. Apparently he's like mm-hmm. Popovich is one of his top guys. He does a lot of work. Popovich really trusts him. I put a lot of grids into that. Maybe too much. I don't really, now that you're talking about the age thing, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's too much. I don't know. I, He's not going to get the job anyway, but I did like what I read about him. Uh, and it doesn't, doesn't sound like he's going to leave anyway. And the stuff about Yudoka leaving, it sounded like he was leaving because he thought someone else was going to get the job. And it could be yeah. Hardy, could be Whether Hammond. Or Duncan yeah. even at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just like that basic Spurs stuff that I read about him. So I put him up a little higher. Then Delaney and Fleming. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's probably – I mean, those three guys, I kind of clumped them together a little bit because um, as we get get deeper into this, I think there's, like, clear, like, tiers almost of, uh, of you know, like, different coaches here. 
Uh, Danny, I believe if you had, I think you have a, a flip flop order of six, or was that you, Chip, that had yeah. a flip flop at six, right? Well, I had um, I had Hardy eight, Chip okay. had Hardy okay. six, and then okay. yeah, we, and then we flip flopped the other ones. Okay, but all right. Essentially, you know, all basically, you know, similar, just yeah. slight differences there. I think um, five we're probably going to have the same. Uh, all right. Let's then see, Danny, you, you give your your five. Okay. All right. Jamal Mosley? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I love Jamal Mosley. Yeah, like no, I, I like him a lot. I think uh, – and even I'll, – I'll give away my, my number four because I'm talking about these tiers. I think Jamal Mosley and uh, Ime Udoka, I like those guys a lot. I just don't think they're going to crack, like, that final kind of list of contenders. But I think Mosley and Udoka are going to be really good coaches probably sooner than that that crew of Hardy, Fleming, Delaney, because, you know, Mosley has done a really good job in, in Dallas. Rick Carlisle talks highly of him. Udoka was great with the Spurs and then, you know, goes to Philly, and then he was kind of their defensive coordinator. I mean, I know you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. You're going to have a good defense no matter what. But I thought he's done a good job with their D there. He's done a good job, you know, as – Their as defense wasn't programs. that good last year. Their defense wasn't that good last year. 2018-19 or last year yeah 2018-19 in comparison to this year okay right? all right I, yeah no I, I i guess i didn't even i didn't realize that it, it saw such a jump under him i just i i mean their defense this year you know for all the problems that philly has had in you know well this, their offense stinks yeah their for all the problems terrible. they have it's not the defense like their defense yeah. has won them a bunch of games this year almost you know by itself well, I actually got kicked out of the meeting. Uh, so I just actually caught the tail end of it. Oh, that. okay. We're so I'm going to you really quick for my sake, just so I know, Danny. Um, who was your fifth, fifth guy on your list, just so I can hear it? I had five. I had Jamal Mosley. And then okay. I did jump. I jumped the gun because I was talking about Ime Udoka, too. Because um, okay. I kind of had those two guys. At least five for and me. four. Five and four. And I had them as, like, you know, they're a tier of their own almost, you know, like guys who I think probably would have a really good chance at getting a job. And maybe they do. Maybe, maybe they actually do. But I think there's, you know, still a, a top tier of candidates that we'll obviously get to soon. Um, but, yeah, Chip, what do you, who do you have for five? Well, you said Mosley, duh. Yeah, I put Mosley at five too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Berman. Um, when Berman was writing about him, he said the magic word. He said analytics. So, okay. And then yeah. they wrote, yeah. And then he wrote about Doncic too, the mm -hmm. Doncic stuff, the connection, which means nothing, I'm sure. It's but similar still. to the similar to the Giannis stuff for me, but yeah. I, I still like Mosley as a coach. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, the I like the fact that he's worked with a guy like yeah. yeah. The fact that he's worked with a guy like Doncic is just interesting. Just that he can. He's obviously a good coach. Good, a good assistant at least knows, mm -hmm. and and he's former player, good player. So, yeah, he's and he was, uh, I think, assistant with team. Yeah, assistant with Team USA mm -hmm. basketball too. He's got a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. He's, I think, high on this list for me. And I, you put Udoka fourth. I actually put Miller fourth and Udoka third. I put Udoka oh. ahead of Miller, which I went back and forth on that one a lot because I do like <clears throat> Miller. That's but, fair. Yeah. Um, I think that. Udoka has been rumored in for a lot of the same reasons that you said about Udoka. He's been rumored in so many jobs. 
And so many teams have been interested in this guy. And we talked before mm-hmm. about the other candidates. Eventually, he's going to get the head coaching job. And I know it was the same thing we said about Fizdale. This guy's the hot candidate. This guy's the hot candidate. But there's something about this guy. Maybe it's just that he's a Spurs guy. I don't know. And we always say this about Spurs guys and Popovich and whatever. But I don't know. He did a great – like you said, he did a great job with the Sixers. He seems like he's just destined to be like a great head coach. I don't know. Maybe it's the Kawhi stuff. Maybe it's the fact that he worked with uh, Kawhi Leonard. He worked with Danny Green, right? Worked with DeJounte Murray. I don't know. I'd really like to have him. And I like Mike Miller. I wouldn't – my top – I wouldn't have a problem if they hired any of my top five. So yeah, I'm really we, we have the same same top five different order, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. If they hired, you know, like a Will Hardy or a Fleming or a Delaney, I would I wouldn't crush yeah, it because I, I, I wouldn't my head a little. Yeah, but. I wouldn't crush it because I think that would be unfair to those guys since you know, like we said, we don't know a ton of a, a ton about them. But any of these top five guys, I'd I'd be pretty comfortable with them coming in. Um, yeah, Nudoka, he, I mean, he seems destined to be a head coach very, very soon. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, part of the reason why he left San Antonio was to, was to, you know, essentially take that next step and then maybe get another job, um, out of there. Um, but since I'm sure we, pr- we probably have actually, I don't know. I, I don't know if we have the same one. I've Mosley five, Udoka four. You said you have Miller five, Miller four. Udoka three. Yeah. So do you have, have Miller three? I have Kenny Atkinson three, actually. Okay. I think so I, 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 I like Kenny. I, you know, the player development stuff, we talked about it. Player development, God, all Is that. Is Kenny good at player development? Is he really? I don't know. I haven't ask heard a, about ask that. a Brooklyn Nets fan. They'll, they'll tell <laughs> you in the first five sentence or five words they say, they'll say player development. Um, but Kenny's no, I actually my ahead, number man. one. Kenny's actually is, my number one. Okay. Yes, he is. He's right. my number yeah, one, too. And I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll okay. my number three. one, Okay. Two. All right. All right. No, that, that's, I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's fair. Miller's I, my three. Yeah. I, I did my top three. Yeah, because <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, I think Mosley and Udoka have a chance, but they're probably, like, outside chance. Um, and then I think the top three guys, Atkinson, Miller, Tibbs, if you want to rank them like that, since they were, like, three of the, fir- the first three to be rumored, I think those guys all have a chance. Um, I like Atkinson. I really do, but I don't know if, if it seems like, it seems like the net, the, the Knicks are just not as enamored with, I don't know, his player development or whatever. Cause I don't know. It just, to me, it seems, it seems like they're not going to go with Brooklyn's coach that they just fired. Cause if it goes South, that's a bad look for, that's a bad look for the organization. If, you know, Kenny Atkinson was able to bring the nets up from nothing to something and then he can't do the same with the Knicks who have you know some young talent draft picks etc and if you can't build them up into you know a playoff team it's a bad look there you know so you have is Miller Miller is your two Miller's two Miller's your two okay yeah Miller would be my three and Thibodeau would be my two again we talked about Thibodeau uh, you know with uh, Chris a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. What scares me about him, though, and Chip, you you have said this as well, is he willing to change? I think at some point the best coaches are able to adapt 
and change their philosophy to make them successful. And, you know, the, the way he runs, you know, his starters into the ground, the, the, the hard practices and all that. Not saying that you don't necessarily need to have that kind of stuff, but you got to scale back a little bit. I, I think it's one reason why in Chicago it worked a little bit, but then the players started getting injured. And then everywhere else that he's been, players didn't seem to enjoy uh, that kind of style of coaching. I, I'm a big believer that, you know, over time, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to uh, adapt. I look at somebody like Coach K, right? You know, with the whole one and done thing that happened, you know, Coach K at first was, I'm not looking for guys that are going to come here one year and then head to the NBA. I want guys that are going to stay at least three years or so, blah, blah, blah. Well, a couple of years into that, and Coach K wasn't getting these guys and Duke wasn't in a national championship running, what did he start doing? He started getting guys like Zion, R.J. Barrett, you know, the, these one-and-done players himself to help him try to win some national championships. You've got to be able to adjust. You've got to be able to evolve. I don't know if Tom Thibodeau will do that. I, I like Tom Thibodeau. I, if he was the head coach, I, I would be thrilled to give him the opportunity, but there are question marks about him that kind of concerned me a little bit Kenny Atkinson why he's my number one I just think the guy should have never been fired in Brooklyn I think he got the short end of the stick with the superstars that come in and Kyrie and you know more, more Kyrie than, than Kevin Durant I think you know Kyrie's kind of looking to have that uh, LeBron status where he's actually the head coach of a team you know where he's actually the one calling the shots type thing that's just the impression I get I don't you know, obviously have any insights on that just from afar. That's what it kind of feels like towards me. Um, I thought Kenny did a great job in making that team competitive. You know, a, a team that we went, okay, they got, you know, some solid players on there. But, you know, the last few years, Brooklyn's been obviously very competitive, made themselves appealing to a guy like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's why I have Kenny Atkinson as my number one and Tom number two and, and Miller three. I think part for me, I mean, I have Miller too, but my my number one scenario for the Knicks, I think, would be hiring Thibodeau and then keeping on Miller as his top assistant or, you know, elite assistant, whatever you want to call it. Because I think Tibbs, I mean, say what you want about him. There's not many guys who are better defensive coaches than him. So I think he'll be able to whip the Knicks into shape in that regard. I mean, you think about you got Mitchell Robinson, who's, you know, a dominant rim protector, obviously has his flaws, you know, different things like that. But I think Tibbs would be able to utilize him. Then you have Frank, an elite perimeter guy who can come off the bench, switch one through four. Uh, I know he's not, you know, he's not somebody you want banging in the post all the time, but he's switchable enough so he can cover four positions. R.J. Barrett is a decent enough defender. I think he'll get better with Tibbs. Um, obviously there's those, those concerns about will he adapt and things like that. I just think he's too good of a coach not to. And especially if you put him with Miller, who Miller's got a good relationship with Mitch. He worked with him, you know, all throughout the 2019 summer in, uh, in Louisiana, he went down there. I think Miller's a, Miller's a big reason for why Mitch had a, a big, um, not that his rookie season was bad, but I thought he had a really good sophomore season because of Miller in part. And then Miller has a good relationship with Barrett. I mean, you saw the team kind of pick up their play under Miller. I think having him as like a stabilizing force in the locker room kind of might be a good idea, similar to what they did with Scott Perry, you know, keeping Scott Perry around. And then, you know, if Miller is part of Thibodeau's staff with, you know, a team that kind of comes, comes around and within, say, not this season, but maybe in two seasons, Knicks make the playoffs – 
Miller's elite assistant, all of a sudden he's probably one of the top coaching candidates, you know, in the league. I think after that, they'd be like, oh, well, Mike Miller, remember, you know, he was one of the guys who really turned that Knicks team around, turned those young guys around. Uh, so if his end game, which I'm not sure if it is, but if his end game is becoming a head coach in the league, you know, full time, I think sticking around under Tibbs could be a good career move. Although it could be a disastrous one. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm speculating. I think I'm, I'm yeah. trying to be optimistic for him. Yeah, Tibbs bombs here again. It's over for him. So yeah, that, I it's, agree with and that. Yeah. I guess he he did kind of, you know, quote unquote bomb in Minnesota, but he also brought him to the playoffs for like the first time in forever. I mean, they haven't been better without Tibbs. I mean, you say what you want about him, you know, kind of alienating some of the guys. Doesn't seem like Carl Anthony Towns is a big fan or Andrew Wiggins, but it's not like those guys are winning without him. So I I think I I'll give Tibbs the benefit of the doubt considering his uh his track record of success with the Bulls. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, too. It's just I I think there was a perception about him after he left Minnesota. There was, like, a question of whether he'd ever work again. Like, there was people writing articles, is that, has the NBA passed Tibbs by? I think that, that stuff was just overreaction to just being a prisoner of the moment. I guess. I, I think that – yeah, uh-huh. but the same thing kind of been with Dan Tony, like when he like struck out with the Knicks and then had the Lakers and 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 just it wasn't successful there. People kind of were down on mm-hmm. him. He gets the job in Houston. I remember my reaction was going, "Really? They went Dan Tony and then bam, it clicked. It started to work. Now are they going to win a championship under him? Hell no, but still, they had some success. I know there's talks now that they're looking to move on from him. Maybe that can happen with Tibbs where he had a couple of failures but then can find a way to kind of change and you know, take over the Knicks and see if he can have success again. We've seen it before, but it's definitely his last chance. I agree with you, Chip. It depends. What Taj Gibson said, uh, if guys want to be coached, they can play for Tibbs, right? Mm-hmm. So, true. I mean, young guys, I think he said specifically. So, I think, I think that's that's kind of code for if guys are willing to be yelled at. That. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty they much. They can play yeah, for Tibbs. Be coached hard. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. I think, Which uh, you brought up Coach K is a perfect yeah. example. I think RJ is going to be fine. He played for Coach K. He exactly. got yelled at yeah. already. He you out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think, think RJ is going to be fine. I think yeah. part of, uh, you know, keeping Mike Miller is for that too. I think he has a good relationship with the guys. That'll, that'll go a long way. Right. Um, kind of with Tibbs being a little more, uh, a little more of a, of a taskmaster, so to speak. Um, Cause I know that can kind of, that can be wearing on NBA players. I remember Julius Randall at a practice talking about playing for Coach Cal um at Kentucky and he was just like yeah he's like he's like if he if he was because it was one of those things where everyone was asking oh would Cal come coach the Knicks or whatever and uh he was like he was like yeah but he, he was like he was like he would never do that obviously but if he was coaching in the NBA he wouldn't be able to talk to me like he did in college <laughs> he, he was exactly. basically saying exactly. like like college coaches are allowed to yell at you NBA coaches things are a little different um, right. But I think, I, you know, I think Tibbs probably, I mean, he's been coaching long enough. I'm sure he probably understands that he, he, there's a fine line and he probably crosses it a lot. Um, but hey, the, if you're, if you're as good of a coach as he is, you can sometimes get away with that. That's kind of the pitfall of Calipari his first time in the league with the Nets, you know, mm-hmm. is that he, he went from UMass cursing out players to the NBA mm-hmm. where they're going, trying to fight, uh, yeah, trying to fight, what, uh, what's his way. name? The temple coach. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm gosh. blanking. Is oh. it? Cheney, right? Yeah, yeah, Cheney. Yes. 
you assholes. <laughs> yeah, Legendary. That clip. was good. Um, let me ask you guys this really quick, just if it's possible, if it does happen this way. You know, there's been some talks about Philly moving on from Brown. If Brown is let go in no, Philly, does he no, become a no, – no, no, okay. No. Just throwing it out there. I like Brett Brown, actually. I do like Brett from, Brown, but just throwing it out there. Uh, from friend of the show, uh, your own Weitzman, his book, Tanking to the Top, Brown comes off really well in that book. Like, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff I never knew about him. But, uh, but yeah, no, nah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with, with going Udoka instead of Brown if it, if it comes yeah. to that. Okay. Well, I just want to point this out. You guys had your full 11. You guys came more prepared than me. I had my top three. You guys had full 11, okay? Just want you guys to know that you just pissed off all of Nick's Facebook, okay? Not <laughs> one of you. You know where I'm going with it? Nobody mentioned Mark Jackson on that. I'm going to throw – Nick Facebook, listen oh. to me. Honorary he was one A for me. Yeah. He was one A for me. He's he's yeah. the he's the god tier candidate for me. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's above everyone else. Oh, see now you're all trying to kiss up Nick. Nick Facebook, don't listen to him. He <laughs> he covers above everyone else. Like okay? he's immortal. <laughs> yeah, he's he's immortal in New York basketball. It's got to be this Mark Jackson. Up. Trying to get some brownie points here. Because I think we'll be burnt at the stake for not mentioning God. Uh, yeah. You know, now, we're just, now we're just lying. <laughs> Fuck, Mark, Fuck Mark Jackson. <laughs> I still, honestly, one of the most incredible live moments of sports I ever witnessed was when he was talking about LeBron James's wife. Oh, my God. And he was, it was like, it was, I think it was game seven of the finals with like three or four minutes left in a closed game. Mike Breen just like they must have showed LeBron's wife or whatever, and he was like, he was like just an incredible person, you know, Savannah Jane. Blah, blah. And Mark Jackson was like, "You're underselling her. I would hit that out of the park." And oh Mike Breen, gosh. the nicest guy in the world, just like doesn't know what to say, and he's just like, "Okay, Mark," and just like, <laughs> like it's like. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving is like is like dribbling the ball up the court in like a one possession game or something like that. The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard on a live sports it's telecast. A- that's a preacher right there. The man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a God-fearing Christian. Right? Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. I do love Mark Jackson. I do, but not for head coach. I just again think about it. Think it through. I mean, I know he was a great Nick and had some great moments, but my God, he couldn't even go to the finals with that Golden State team. Like he, yeah. he, he was clearly the factor of what held that team back because he's gone and that team jumped to another level. Just say. There's a reason for that. I hate ripping on a St. John's guy and, you know, former Nick, New Yorker, all that. Like, it it is such a great story, and it would be, like, would be such a good narrative if it worked out. But I don't think – I think we're past the point of the the Mark Jackson is in every Nick's coaching search. Uh, Mm. I think we're we're past that point Not if you ask Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, well – Stephen I'm not. A, I'm not asking. New York him. is clamoring. Yeah, I'm for definitely him. not asking Stephen. A. <laughs> yeah, Smith I don't. Either. I don't think any of us are asking for Stephen A. Smith's opinion no, on this. Uh, no, it's not important when it comes. To, but I'll tell you, my dream scenario. This is not. I'm not considering this. So I'm just saying, my dream scenario would be Patrick Ewan would become the Knicks coach and win a championship as a coach. Couldn't do it as a player, but he can bring one to the Knicks through coaching. If yep. my world was perfect, that would be the way it is. Never will happen. I know. That would be something. That would be special. But uh, right, yeah. I love he's looking so good at Georgetown right now. I know Georgetown's, oh, no. Georgetown's having a rough go. I'm 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 actually kind of worried about him. Uh, yeah. After next season, they just lost Mac McClung, their best player. 
Yeah, uh, transferred to Texas Tech. Yeah, well, he he went into the. I think what happened, and I could be saying this completely wrong, but I think he went into the draft, and basically what everyone in the draft said was, "Hey, we need to see you play more point guard. Like we haven't seen you play enough point guard to really, <clears throat> you know, take a chance on you." So I think basically he's thinking he wasn't going to be able to play point at Georgetown. So that's Has why he, he wanted to go yet? to Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Okay, it's Texas Tech. Okay, all right. I missed that part. It broke up a little bit there, so. I, I was following that for a few weeks, and then I was like, you know, I just know him for his YouTube videos, a cool dunk. That's I've I forget I for, I forget if I brought this up recently on here, if it was on a different podcast, but that was probably my worst take in the history of takes I've ever made was when Zion Williamson and Mac McClung were having like the similar like uh, like same time they basically blew up on overtime with their dunks, and I was like. I was like reading scouting reports about Zion that said he was like raw and things like that. And people saying like, Oh, Mac McClung's got a good jumper. He can dribble. And I was like, Mac McClung is going to be better than Zion. Like you watch like their freshman year, Mac McClung is going to be better than Zion and didn't, uh, didn't go over so well. Oh my The first God. 10 seconds of looking at Zion live. Yeah. It was him. I, I, I just, it was the stuck for Zion. You know what? It started. Back you know what it school. was actually? It was the the Zion Williamson Lamelo Ball AAU game. I remember watching yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zion's team. I watched that as well. Lamelo and like I just got in my head. I'm like, neither of these kids are probably like that good. Like they're just you know <laughs> big names or whatever. I'm like watching like clips Jesus on overtime. Christ. I'm like I'm like these kids aren't like they're just getting hyped up by like social media or whatever. Like I'm like I I just didn't buy into it at all. And then I watched like the first game Zion played at Duke, and I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. really good. Oh, it was high school for me. He's, I, I, yeah, I, I was I like, mean, he's really good. Yeah, you, you're you down in the area. You you know. Uh, I, yeah. I'm just And like, I don't do that. I don't get hyped up on high school kids mm-hmm. a lot of the times. You know, even some of the top national recruit players, I kind of just – I wait till like college or, or whatever to kind of see them before. But, I mean, you know, I told you guys about one of the schools here that was actually – where the national championships for high school was supposed to be played, but they had to cancel it as Dorman. And uh, he played a game there, and that arena is is massive. Like, if you guys seen it, you wouldn't believe it's a high school. That's how massive it is. Uh, and that place filled out once the tickets went on sale. You couldn't get in the, the door. That's just the kind of impact that he had. And I was lucky to have a pass, you know, through the media to, to go watch it. And I just was like, this kid's unreal. So yeah, yeah, McClung's good, but no, I knew I knew Zion was yeah. a real deal. It was back in high school when I was hoping the Knicks would suck for him. Didn't yeah, I just out. as soon as I saw him play, yeah, like I said, a couple games at Duke, I was like, all right, he was he was way more real than just you know a couple good videos on overtime, you know, Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's probably the the most wor- wrong take I've ever had. But yeah. that's why, that's why I'm not a high school scout. Yeah, we're not always. I don't, I don't pay. Oh, I don't pay attention yeah. to that stuff. I just want to point out, I'm famous. I don't know if I guys ever told you guys this before, but you remember that when Zion was at Duke with RJ and all that, and they had that documentary on ESPN Plus mm-hmm. for Duke. The very first episode is at Zion's announcement. I'm in a shot. I'm in a camera shot. Oh, so okay. I, I tell people nice. big time. I'm there. You know, we're forever linked. You know, I'm the first tall, goofy guy you see coming through. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't like to toot my own horn. It's just, (laughs) you know, no big deal. Uh, But, yeah, of course, it's not a Nick 
state of mind podcast unless we go into something completely different. Yeah, no, so we have to. We, we got to spend five, ten minutes on a random uh, tangent that or it just it doesn't feel right. So now it's time. We're going to get this segment right here of the podcast sponsored, The Last Call. Anybody have anything they want to add before we wrap it up here? Any closing thoughts? I'm good. I'm at peace. Yeah, I think my closing thought is just keep Miller, keep Miller as an assistant if you can. If yeah, I agree. If you yeah. can, if you can manage to do that, I think kind of yep. having giving some of these young guys a familiar face yep. on the uh, on the coaching staff is is not a bad idea. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent But I believe that's all that we have today. So we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. 